Hello everyone, this is Jerome. I serve as a community pastor here at First Christian Church. Welcome to our brand new podcast. I'm so glad that we get to serve you today through this message. God bless you. Let's get into the word. Good to be back. Thank you all for your prayers for my dad. I've been with him this past week in Tulsa. He's uh, struggling to bounce back from heart surgery. I appreciate you continuing to pray for him and Um, So my brother and I, in an effort to encourage him, were telling him dad jokes all week. And uh, I'm working on my own dad joke book, so I thought I'd try out a couple of originals on you guys. Are you ready? That was kind of a golf clap. Yeah. So um, what do you call a worldwide infestation of caterpillars? Give up. Global worming. Yeah. All right, here's another one. So what do you call the extra charge that you have to pay at Starbucks if you go in there with a cold? The cough fee. Yeah. Right on, okay. All right, I can tell this is, I'm already inches away from the New York Times bestseller list on that one. So um, I want to introduce you to one of my good friends, Nathan. Philippe sort of introduced you to him. Um, Nathan is just a little bit older than my oldest son, Micah, who most of you guys know. And um, I went to school with Nathan's parents, so we, we've sort of been in on this journey with them uh, ever since Nathan was born. And um, Nathan was just missing a chromosome when he was born, but that made him a very special person. Isn't that right, Nathan? Mm-hmm. And Nathan is one of the most loving encouraging people you will ever want to meet. Once he knows you, he will always give you a big bear hug. And uh, that's one of the things we love about you, Nathan, right? And this is your favorite seat, isn't it? Okay, you want to sit right down there? So Nathan loves to worship the Lord, and most of the time, except this morning, he had special duty to make sure that Philippe did not screw up the Scripture. And uh, so, but most of the time, Nathan sits right down there. He loves to worship the Lord, and he is your best cheerleader when you're up here. We love you, Nathan, and we're glad that you're part of us. All right? So we have some other very special people among us here at FCC whom we must not miss, and I'm afraid most of the time we do, but not today. And uh, in our story today, Jesus is going to show us that, unfortunately, we often miss the people who actually have God's attention the most. And that in order to be in sync with God's heart for the disadvantaged, we have to have a proper view of ourselves, or we'll never be in line with God on this thing. And unfortunately, um, this will probably require most of us to make some 
difficult but important adjustments in our attitude and in our behavior. So Jesus told this story, and and it's amazing. It's in Luke chapter 14. We're going to jump right into it right now. Luke chapter 14, the first 14 verses. And um, if you want to follow along the first time, and read, that's okay, if you're able to read. Um, or you can just try to learn this scripture with us. I notice some of you have name tags on this morning. Some of you don't. Um, here at FCC, if you're new, the, the people that don't have name tags probably all have warrants out for them, and so that's why they didn't <laughs> want anybody to know who they are. Just so you'll know, you know, that's kind of who we are at FCC. Um, be careful who you sit next to, but really, in God's family, we are all finding a new life out of the pit that most of us dug for ourselves. And, um, and the cool thing here is that I know a lot of you reached that point where you decided at the bottom of the pit to put down the shovel and start building a ladder right on. And Jesus' hand was at the top of that. Ladder. We're going to see his heart this morning. So uh, let's, let's just pray again real quick. Lord, we're going to look at a story about you that Dr. Luke captured. Um, and it's, uh, it's quite incredible. For some of us, these stories about you have become so familiar that we don't even pay attention to them anymore and they've sort of lost their impact. And we ask that this morning... You would just peel away all of that familiarity and speak to us and jolt us into your presence and your heart. We want your heart to be our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Right on? Right on. <clears throat> so, one Sabbath, Jesus, when Jesus had been invited to eat at a prominent Pharisee's house, he was being closely watched. And there in front of him was a man who was suffering from abnormal swelling in his body. So Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So Jesus took hold of this man. And he healed him and sent him on his way. And then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath, won't you immediately pull it out? But again, they had nothing to say. So then Jesus noticed how all the guests had picked the best places at the table. And so he told them this parable. He said, if somebody invites you to a wedding feast, don't take the places of honor at the table because somebody more distinguished than you may have been invited. And if so, your host will come to you and say, give this person your seat. And then humiliated, you will have to take the least 
important place. But when you're invited, take the lowest place. And then when your host comes, he will say to your friend, move up to a better seat. And then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For I tell you, all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then Jesus said to his host, imagine this. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a dinner or a luncheon, don't invite your friends and your brothers and sisters and your relatives and your rich neighbors because they may invite you back and then you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor and the lame and the crippled and the blind and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Wow. So, um, we, I never cease to be amazed at how in your face Jesus is most of the time. And I think the trick for us is to put ourselves in the place of the people in whose face he was getting in and realize that had we been there, we probably would have been them. So let's work our way back through the story. Here at FCC, we're trying to learn the stories of Jesus. We're trying to hide um, all these things that have been familiar to us as Christians in our hearts so that they're available to us to share with people. We don't have to break out our mule choker and read to people. So let's work our way back through the story and you help me fill in the blanks. So uh, Jesus went to eat at somebody's house. Who, who was it? A prominent Pharisee. And what day was it? The Sabbath. And apparently there was something going on. And what was the, what was the tension in the air at that, at that dinner? Jesus was being closely watched. Imagine. You know, you go to a dinner like that and you know that everybody's watching you for some reason. He knew it. So... Um, what was the elephant in the room? There was this man, and he was suffering from abnormal swelling in his body. So it was visual. You could tell something was wrong with this guy. So Jesus, seeing the elephant in the room, asked the Pharisees and the experts in the law, what was his question to them? Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And then he tagged on at the very end, or not. And what was their response? They remained silent. So what did Jesus do? He took hold of the man and healed him. And then what? Sent him on his way. And then he asked these Pharisees and experts in the law, if you have a child or an ox, and, and hypothetically what would hap might happen to them on the Sabbath, they fall into a well, what will you surely do? 
pull them out. And what was their response? Again, they had nothing to say, which is often our response when we know the person confronting us is right. So then Jesus had also noticed something that was happening at this dinner. What was it? All the people were what? Come on, you guys. Yeah, they were taking the, be- the places of honor at the table. And so what did Jesus do? He told them a, a parable. And he said, when you're invited to a wedding feast, Okay, now that is the, that's the ultimate, right? Don't do what? Don't take the best place. Why? Someone more important, distinguished than you may have also been invited. And so, when your host comes, who invited both of you, what is he probably going to say to you? Give this person your seat. And then, in what emotional state will you have to get up and take the lowest place? Humiliated. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine? (laughs) Uh, It would serve us all right, wouldn't it? Instead, when you are invited, do what? Take the lowest place. And then, when your host comes, What will he likely do? He'll say, friend, move to a better place. And then you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests. And then, wouldn't you know it, wow, in in, in typical fashion, Jesus said to his host in front of God and everyone, imagine. I mean, it's like when... When you've screwed up in that way, Jesus does not give a rip and He's going to call you out, right? When you give a dinner or a luncheon, don't invite your friends, your relatives, your brothers and sisters, or your rich neighbors. Why? Because they might invite you back and then it will be like you're being repaid. Instead, who does Jesus say to invite? The poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And then you will be what? You'll be blessed. Although these people cannot repay you, you will be repaid when? At the resurrection of the righteous. Wow, that's what we have to look forward to. Isn't that amazing? Here's some things that just jumped out at me, and I want to hear from you all, too, in just a minute. Um, In this story is that, you know, I was thinking about how did God reveal, or Jesus reveal God's heart for the disadvantaged? And there were a couple of things that he said that just jumped out at me, and one was this. People first, rules later. And the Jews were really hung up on rules that, um, that caused them to neglect and overlook and sometimes even mistreat people that were in need. And um, in verses 5 and 6, Jesus said this, If one of you has a child 
We have a slide for this, I believe. If one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath, won't you immediately pull it out? And they had no answer for him. People first, rules later. The other thing that jumped out at me was humility or others first and self last. In verse 11, Jesus said, all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. People, we need to remember this. Ooh, how many times do we toot our own horn? Even in subtle, underhanded ways, we want people to know about how awesome we are, right? Anybody? Yeah, we have three honest people in the crowd this morning. <clears throat> and, and then this, this baseline paradigm that we should all learn to live by of doing for those who cannot do for you. In verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, <clears throat> so when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. How often do we do things for people just because? Not expecting to get anything in return. I think a good question for us to ask ourselves is this, what's in it for me? And we need to train ourselves to do good work for others to which the unequivocal answer to that question is nothing. There's nothing in this for me except the motivation of compassion that I'm discovering in myself. People don't ever forget this statement. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. There is a truckload of good things waiting for you that you cannot do until He saves you by your faith and by your grace, but not as a result of good works so that we can't boast. And then we begin to discover, wow, I'm finding myself doing good when there's nothing in it for me, and it's not because I'm trying to impress God or impress anyone else. You are discovering this remaking of yourselves that God is actually doing in you. And people, that's when you can rejoice because that is the fruit of the Spirit showing up in your life. That is the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the endurance that's showing up in you as a result of God's Spirit, His DNA that he's planted within your heart. <clears throat> I've, introduced, I've introduced you to Nathan this morning. Uh, we have some others among us who uh, we might consider are at a physical disadvantage. Um, most of them are going to be here second service, and I'm going to introduce them to your brothers and sisters in that hour. A part of our purpose this morning is to become aware of the people among us that Jesus would invite to a banquet like this. And 
most of us would, uh, would be waiting outside for our ticket after our special brothers and sisters enjoyed themselves in the presence of the Lord at a table like this. <clears throat> um, I want to read to you something from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the body of Christ. And that's who we are. But I think a lot of times we miss that. And it goes like this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 20. The Apostle Paul says, As it is, there are many parts but one body. Look around at all the parts to this body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I think this is an attitude, an outlook that God wants us to have about our brothers and sisters like Nathan, for example. Right, Nathan? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Or do we? And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. That just hit me in the face when I reread this passage. Do we give greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body? But that its part should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it. May we never ever forget that, people. So I'm curious, what did you discover in this story as you heard it, as we went through it again, as we talked about it? Please, uh, please share with us if the Lord spoke to you or you saw something that maybe you've never seen. Uh, maybe this is a moment of reorientation, confession for you about your attitude or about what God wants you to do in response to your brothers and sisters who may be at a disadvantage. Anyone? Please go to the mic, yes, so we can hear you. Sister, thank you. This is great this morning for me. Um, we have a daughter that is a teacher for special people. Grade school, um, preschool. She's in her 17th year. Well, this year she has a new position and she has the emotionally disabled. Mm-hmm. And she tells me what happens every day and I, I guess I get angry at how she's treated. And 
I was brought here today because of that, because of this story. She's spit on, she's kicked, she's bit, uh, called every name under the sun, mm. and she was knocked down this past week and hurt, was hurt. Well, she has a wonderful heart, and nobody can do that any better than she can. Mm. And I have been looking at this all wrong. I need to praise her for what she's doing mm. instead of saying, what can you do to get a different position? Mm. Mm. She's, you know, she's been doing this for years and she knows, but she says, you know, even I need affirmation for my job, but I don't usually get that from my peers. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say this really brought home to me. I've been going around this to help her, to bring her back to Christ the wrong way. Oh, wow. And this really brought awesome. it out. What's your name? Margaret. Margaret, and what's your daughter's name? Rachel. Rachel. All right, some of you <laughs> prayer giants. Let's pray for Margaret and Rachel. Um, you know, I this week as I was with my dad at rehab and, and in the hospital the week before that, watching how his nurses took care of himself and the things that they had to do for my dad. And I thought, Lord, Thank you for these people. It takes a special person to have that kind of care. I don't think I could do it. And Rachel is one of these people with a big heart. And um, she is being Jesus to these students that she has who are emotionally broken. Let's pray for her. What? That is awesome. Anybody else? How did this story grab you, maybe change you, set you on a different trajectory this morning? All right, come on, east side. You guys are trailing. Debbie? I personally know Nathan, so I think that this is a lot of credit for who he is as a believer and a son of God and an example. And when you were reading about, um, on the contrary, those parts that seem to be weaker are indispensable, the love that Nathan has for Jesus just radiates from him. And if you ever get to spend a little time with, with Nathan, you'd know that. And what it spoke to me is, Debbie, you need to have as much love for Jesus and let it be out as Nathan does. Right on. Mm. Thank you. Nathan, thank you for the example that you are to all of us. On, uh, on Sunday mornings, the crew that's up here has a pre-service meeting over on the side. And invariably, um, Adam's final question to me is, Chuck, do you have any special needs? And it's just, you know, it's just a big joke that, okay, we, there's no end to Chuck's special needs. And... Um, if we're honest, we would all admit that um, we have our own set of disabilities uh, that we try to hide. And part of, uh, part of the journey that we're on as a church is to take off our masks and 
realize that it's okay to not be okay. And it's not okay to stay not okay, but that's why we're here, is to help each other overcome some of the things that, uh, that, have, that have happened to all of us. And this love, this, um, this mutual consideration that Paul described in his letter to Corinth in the 12th chapter that we just read is something we ought to really um, reconsider, that that's who he wants us to be as a people. We're not here to impress each other. We're here to be there for each other and to help each other and to honor those who don't get honored outside the body of Christ. Right on? We have a, an engagement card in your bulletin. I'd like you all to find that real quick. And please, uh, please let us know if you have someone in your family that's affected by disability and any ideas that you have for how we as a church here at FCC can better serve families affected by disability. And then if you might be interested, feel maybe God's calling you, maybe you're gifted in a certain way to help us do a better job of serving people who are at a disadvantage among us in whatever way that might be. Um, we, have a, we have a handful of people here who feel that this is something God wants them to do here, and we're trying to rally uh, the rest of us around that type of ministry, and especially some of you who might really want to jump in and help us put something together and be involved. So please fill this card out. There's room on the back to write. Love you guys. Thank you for, for this. Learn this story. I believe that um, God will give you a chance to share it with somebody if you'll learn it and hide it in your heart and take him up on that challenge of being in sync with God's heart for the disadvantaged. Right on? Right on. Oh, and by the way, if you need to respond to Jesus' story this morning in some way, Come up here and pray. Go talk to somebody if you need to be prayed for. Uh, this is a time when you can just come up and spend time in God's presence. Somebody will join you and, and, and pray with you during this song that we're going to sing together.